You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday hump day edition of of Locked On Pelicans continuing our talk with Andrew Lopez, beat reporter for ESPN.com, diving in more about the team, about the playoffs, what a shortened season might look like. We talk about Derek Favors in the offseason a little bit more. We kind of just get all over the place with it. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. As we kind of go through this now extended offseason, we're not really sure what's going on in sports have slowed down. Or slowed down. So do you have any quarantine recommendations for anyone who's, you know, for everyone who's stuck inside right now? I, my quarantine routine is basically I'm playing a lot of MLB The Show and I'm playing a lot of 2K. That's literally <laughs> all I'm doing right now. It's a, it's fun. I'll, 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 no, it's you know, it's kind of nice playing video games all day, right? It's literally what I've been doing the first week. Um, <laughs> There's a couple of like documentary series on on Disney Plus that I've watched. Um, the The Imagineering story was fun to watch. It was like six seasons. I think they just came out with a new one. I think this weekend it's called Disney Insider uh, that just came out. Um, I think they literally just dropped it. Like not okay. That's good uh, to know. Like sometimes this weekend. Um, about different projects. There's one. There's another one like Waking Sleeping Beauty was a nice one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm totally being a company guy right now. I was going to say, uh, you are like diving in here on the, oh no, you don't get Disney Plus for free, huh? I do not get Disney <laughs> Plus for free. Or ESPN um, Insider, ESPN Plus, right? I think I, I think if I, I can, if I want to, <laughs> um, I know, I know someone who did, uh, gotta work that in, but I, I mean, I, I was already paying for like a year. Anyway, yeah, you so. got it anyway, so it's fine. I was, uh, I was good on that, but like, I, I do think that I'm, I'm always, I was, I was a, I was a, a huge Disney guy anyway. I was gonna say, this. yeah. But now that the mouse writes my checks, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, absolutely. Do it Trust me, I get now. it. I'd be doing the same thing. So, Marvel movies uh, are the best, right? Yeah. Like, I was, was planning a trip to Disney when this all goes down. <laughs> whenever my break ends up happening, um, so it's to, but that's basically what I've been doing. So it's finding that watching Netflix comedy specials, um, and and then playing video games. It's really been a low key thing while also trying to figure out what exactly is going on in the uh, in the in the NBA right now. So look, they might do some fun things. Do you think there's any chance we get a play in tournament for the eight spot? See, that's. That's one thing that I think they could do if they. I think the the most likely thing that I think they do right now is you go to a a shortened regular season in terms of like a, maybe like a ten game warm up type deal, and and then you go from there. Uh, 
which obviously for, for Pelicans, the Pelicans, yeah, it, it hurts you because you don't know what ten games they pick. Obviously, part of this was your schedule worked up. You got to play Memphis twice. You, you know, what I'm saying? Yeah, everything yep. kind of worked out for you in that regard. But to me, I think I, I, if you're a Pelicans fan and that's the, the way they go, this is what I have to go back. Your object this year was to play meaningful basketball in the in the last month of the season. You did that. You accomplished that. Uh, even if they come back in ten games, you still understand. Is it going to be harder to come back in ten games, not twenty or whatever it was? Yeah, sure it is. But at the end of the day, you still accomplished your goal for the season. And I remember going back in the beginning of the year. If I were to tell you, yeah, going into the last week of the year, Pelicans were going to be competing for a playoff spot, but they come up short, you probably would have took that. Yeah, you're probably happy, right? So I think that's where you have to be. And if, if you miss out on being the eight seed and getting four games in, in L.A., I mean, best case scenario, you steal one. You know, that, That's the best. I think we've seen there's like a clear ceiling on this team. You beat bad teams and you lose to good teams. This has kind of gone not all year long, but the majority of the year. Right. So if if we if you if you came into a situation where you can say, you know, this worked out for us, I, I still think it's okay. And you can even point to, oh no, man, we could have done a lot more if the season wasn't taken from us and whatever you want to say, but. The whole point was to play meaningful games and grow at the end of the year. And at the end of the day, you did that. So that's where I think you have to be right now. Is even even if they say, look, no playing tournament, we're just going to take the eight teams right now. Or we're going to play ten games. Everybody plays ten games and then we go from there. Uh, I still think you just have to kind of just go with it. and You make the playoffs great, but if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's kind of – I think you got to keep things in perspective given kind of what's going on in the world right now. And this is a very much a world thing that, like, yeah, as I'd love for the Pelicans to get in. That would be great. But if they don't, like, in the grand scheme of things, I think having a little bit of perspective on it is kind of important during a time like this, which which won't stop people on Twitter from freaking out, to be to be honest. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Or, or for calling for a coach's job or uh, – Calling for Derek Savers to never come back because I, I, whatever whatever reason you whatever want to it is check yeah things up to um, it, it's it's not going to stop you but to me it's still a it's a successful year uh, even if you stopped right now so we're continuing our interview with ESPN's Andrew Lopez going to look at some of the free agents and whether the Pelicans will bring them back or not in Derek Favors, Etwan Moore, even a guy like Frank Jackson coming up here in a second. But don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Still here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team uh, and hopefully giving you a little bit of normalcy during your day as we kind of go through all of this stuff together with no NBA out there. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. So so let me ask you that since you brought up favors. I, I see a lot of value for him coming back and it wouldn't shock me if they look to try and bring him back depending also if the salary cap drops a little bit. The fact that he shouldn't have like a huge market out there. 
Obviously, they're not going to bring him back for the $22 million he's making this year. But do you think if it's something in the range of 12 a year for one or two years, they look to try and bring him back? Uh, I, I do. And I, I think it might even end up being closer to 10. Um, look, that's I, I don't him know. at 10 million is a not a steal necessarily, but that's good, I think. I don't, but the thing about him is I, I don't know what his market is. So that's the thing. There's what eight teams that'll have cap space, and they're all bad teams. Like it's not like he's going to jump to Atlanta or maybe the Knicks overpay him because they're the Knicks. But like, yeah, you yeah, don't I, see I don't him going, see him to, going to the Knicks as an overpay. I don't see him going to bad teams. The only thing I could see him going back to Atlanta is is for for family reasons. Right. The only reason I can say there, but I mean they've just doubled down with Capella, and they have a John Collins decision to make. Yeah, so, they're like they're not going to be in on him. So, where does he go? I mean, obviously some teams will have uh, you know exceptions to dole out, but I, I don't know where he goes. I, I just like him um, as a fit, especially one more year. You you let Jackson Hayes continue to grow into his body. A lot of this depends on how Jackson Hayes grows. Uh, I think you take one more year with Fave, see how it goes, and then kind of move on from there. But, um, you know, are there certain teams you can't play him against? Yes. Um, but you can do it against the majority of teams. <laughs> no, you can. And look, having a guy that matches up against some teams but not others is okay. Like, it, I think this team in particular with kind of the versatility of Zion and some of these other guys, like, that's almost a good problem to have because then it means you can throw out a different lineup that might also be effective. And he is still, uh, you know, as, as Zion grows, you don't want to necessarily throw him against fives all the time. We've seen how Jackson Hayes is against fives right now. There's, there's just some teams that he just can't handle. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of fans, they, they get kind of up in arms when they're playing bigger teams. And and all of a sudden, Jaleel Okafor gets these minutes, and we're like, why we're not giving them to to Jackson? And I was like, I watched, like, I forgot who it was earlier in the season, but they were like 230, 35, 40 pound guys just tossing Jackson out the yeah, way. Yeah. Like he's he's got work to do, and I think he's he's doing it. Um, it's just a matter of when he's going to get there. And I think if you know if you're going with him at, you know. 240 pounds next year, you know, maybe you can look at it, but I still think you need a, a veteran five, and it's you, you, you're okay with Fave, who is, is, you know, he's already not practicing most days. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of doing some load management with him on, on that side. It was kind of why he missed some time earlier in the season. You know uh, how to work it out with him, you know yeah. where to go with him, you know how you know him. You know, having that familiarity and running back wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing. No, especially if like the the amounts right. Like, do you see them potentially doing a similar thing with like Etwan Moore and bringing him back because everyone seems to really really like him, especially in the locker room. Yeah, he he is one of those where I think he may end up losing out in this situation because you're going to need minutes for Didi next year. Yep, very um, much you're going to need minutes for Didi. Doesn't it sound like? And I think that's that's where it comes from. Uh, is is probably the Uncle E spot. Uh, I miss I don't that floater so much. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's gonna 
fit into the long-term plans. I think that next year you, you, you need to start shifting to that. Fade helps you in that regard because he gives you the guy who can play the five uh, for a couple. There's a there's a, a clear role for him. There's a clear role for J.J. Redick. I don't know what the defined role for Etwan Moore is next year, um, especially when you're bringing in D.D. When you, you're still going to have another first round pick to fit fit into this mix yep. uh, to take up a roster spot. Um, so to to me, that's where you you start to kind of uh, make decisions is if if it all if it ultimately works out and he, he comes back on a team friendly deal uh, and and takes his role, uh, I think that's fine. But I, I just to me, I just don't know if if that's where it works out for him. No, that's fair. And like they also need to kind of make a decision on a guy like Frank Jackson that they seem to yep. like a lot internally, and you see him kind of playing at like some key times, even if it's short minutes. But he's going to kind of be an interesting one too because he's a restricted free agent coming. Yeah, I know. Internally, they they love his on-ball defense. Uh, it, it's just been the other side where he's been inconsistent. I know Drew. I think Drew said it on JJ's podcast. You know, he he jokes with with Frank that you know Frank's his replacement. You know, whenever they decide to get rid of Drew, they're gonna you know move Frank up. That's you know that's what he tells him at least. But to me, it's that's another one that's a big decision. What do you what do you do with Frank next year? I, I I'm, I'm right. not sure because. If you if you like Didi's on ball defense, he, he, what do you do with Frank? So Frank Frank's got a little bit of growth to do, and I think you know not having that that first year obviously hurt him. I think it would hurt anybody not to play baseball. For, I mean, uh, basketball for a year. So he's he's really kind of a second year player, and you're kind of seeing his sophomore year uh, slump, if you will, uh, at times, yeah. but. but but at times he, you see where like, oh man, I, he's hit some big shots. I mean, you, we were watching a game the other night, the the, the Clippers game that they replayed. Yep. Uh, Frank had twenty that game. Twenty three off. Yeah, it was 23? twenty three. Yeah, I, for, I totally forgot he had that off the bench. Um, like just like lit it up. And in one of the most important games of the year for yep. for you at the time. So uh, to me, that was one that I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that was a that was a that was a uh, you know one of those games you see in minute and kind of in recent games you're starting to see like oh this is where he has value and he he can do these things so he's he's another interesting one but I I think you still look at how young he is and the potential he has uh, which would you know maybe win him out if you're looking at uh, how you're feeling. So we'll have more with Andrew tomorrow, but need to dive into some other stuff that went on throughout the day. We'll touch on that in a second. But again, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review with a comment. That is a big deal, especially right now where all sorts of podcasts and media and news sources need your support. Clicking that subscribe button, big help. Leaving a five-star review with a quick comment, which takes about 30 seconds to a minute. Also big help. It's a great way to support the show's other than listening to them to make sure that we're still here five days a week for y'all not just my show but any show that you listen to so subscribe and leave a comment wherever you get your podcast from 
So some news of the day yesterday in the NBA was the Philadelphia 76ers. And I want to talk about this for a few reasons. And that means we'll get to the rest of Andrew's interview tomorrow where we have some real fun. And he's got a lot of thoughts on uniforms and other things that I will play for you all. Made him go deep into all of this. So the 76ers announced that they were going to take away basically 20% of employees pay, about 1,500 employees total, as a way to kind of keep things afloat during this time. And I get it. You know, businesses are struggling. NBA teams are businesses. They're not necessarily any different from this all. And that was met with just harsh backlash when you look at the fact that the owners of the teams uh, combined are worth about $5 billion or so. And all of a sudden they're asking employees to voluntarily give up 20% of their pay. It's not the greatest look. They were basically bullied on NBA Twitter, social media, which largely does lean left. So it's not a big surprise to kind of see the backlash against billionaires with this. Um, and so therefore they decided to kind of reverse course on all of this once the media backlash was so bad. So overall that was maybe a good thing because it means people are going to still earn their paychecks. This is probably a precursor to things that are going to come on down the line. Gail Benson has pledged a million dollars of her own money, um, to a fund to help kind of people in this type of situation so that maybe small businesses don't have to kind of go through these things. And that is kind of putting her money where her mouth is, though certainly she could commit more than that. But frankly, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around it and people don't want to overcommit to things. But what's interesting, I think, about all of this, as I said, is that I do believe this is probably a precursor for things to come. There is a clause in the CBA where the NBA, the league, can withhold some of the players' salaries to be kind of deferred back to the league. And maybe that becomes a thing later, particularly as we go further and further along and there are games missed. You know, I don't think NBA teams were going to plan on uh, paying ushers and people, things like that, past really April 15th when the season ends. Uh, but certainly through that, maybe you'd want to take care of them. But after that, you know, it kind of becomes a thing. And that's when things maybe start to get a little bit tight. Can you keep, you know, paying ticket salespeople when there's no tickets to sell and you don't know when next season's going to start or if you can even charge people for season tickets, you're going to have to do refunds. All of that stuff becomes kind of scary. But here's the thing with the 76ers, and I get that. Teams might need to tighten belts. There might need to be layoffs. It's unfortunate. You know, I can tell you I'm feeling the financial hit with some of the podcast stuff right now. It's unfortunate, but I understand it to a degree, and I'm trying to fight against it um, and keep everything going as it is. But, you know, here's the thing with this that really bo bothers me. Later down the line, four months, maybe teams need to start making some decisions, certainly. But we're 11 days into the NBA season being delayed, and they've already made this decision. A guy whose uh, group of people worth $5 billion can definitely float this and afford to take the hit more so than maybe um, the people that you're ordering your food from right now to try and kick back to local businesses to help keep them afloat and in uh, business. NBA teams can kind of afford to do this, and I get they want to kind of have these things be self-run, self-sufficient, and they don't want to pump their own cash into it from other revenue sources, but it's probably the time to do that, if ever, and it was disappointing to see the 76ers really go this route. The good news is the bullying of them on social media and the bad PR look that it was has probably, probably means no NBA team is going to kind of take these steps for the foreseeable future, meaning people are getting paid, and I think that is a very big thing and a very good thing. So overall, um, I think this is kind of been a good day uh, yesterday on Twitter for that sort of thing because we do want people getting paid and it is important to kind of come together as a society right now 
And, you know, again, being greedy is one thing, but, you know, there's some extreme examples of that. And I think the 76ers did the right thing reversing course on this. And it's unfortunate that it had to take such a public outcry for them to realize that this was a mistake. And they admitted to saying this is a mistake. So I think that is a very good thing, too. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Uh, big news on the network is that Chad Ford, NBA insider from ESPN and draft expert guru, is now part of the network and he's going to be having a show about the big board and the draft coming soon starting on the 30th of this month. I can't wait to start to listen to that. That is going to be my absolute go-to in terms of NBA draft talk. So make sure you subscribe to that when it comes out and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow with more uh, Andrew Lopez of ESPN. <laughs>